sound of a true midwestern gentleman true midwestern stevie wonder hey what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of beats brews and points of view podcast i'm your host neil richter along with my co-host e-man bates that will be i and And today today, we have a special guest mr andy case from midwestern gentlemen say hello gentlemen in the building what's up fellas thanks for having me yeah glad you'd be here man glad to bring you on very glad you can be here and uh, I was going to tell you this before the podcast started, but I might as well have the content recorded. I remember when you had the idea to start this. I, th- I, I, if I, I think that it was around when you were 21. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right, right? Just toward tail end of college, so yeah. I thought so, because I remember being at Ironwood Bar in downtown Plymouth and running into you, <laughs> and it was super crowded, so you and I were sitting at the same table, and you told me the whole, like, layout of what you wanted to do you're like i'm thinking about starting this website called midwestern gentlemen all things midwest this and that i can't elaborate on it as good as you can but um it's crazy that was 10 years ago (laughs) yeah so i'd like to hear where it's at now um and what you've been up to with it yeah well since uh so you're that's pretty accurate i was probably just hyping it up as much as possible Mm -hmm. before i even started it but uh so yeah i I got the idea kind of tail end of college and it was um it was around the time i had kind of settled down with my girlfriend now wife so congratulations congrats um but i was uh i was getting teased by actually our boy Flav. Uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. So every time His name's Flav? Yeah, Mike Flavin, man. Flav yep. Flav. Shout out to Flav. say, was he in Public Enemy by any chance? <laughs> nope. He has a personality too, though. <laughs> um, but he used to always say, uh, I, I wouldn't go out or I wouldn't do something. And he'd be like, oh, so you're a gentleman now? And I'd be like, Midwestern gentleman. It's like my quick kind of, <laughs> you know, fire back. Um, but then it, it, it became this thing where it was a creative outlet for me to, to write about that identity and that kind of ideas were coming through and I was working on writing. So I was constantly writing those things down. Um, so Midwestern gentlemen 1.0, I called it was from about 2011 to 2014. And that was really kind of a, um, a catch all of just stuff I wanted to write about. Um, really focusing in on, on things that we all kind of know about and grew up with and was just writing about it and it was getting a lot of traction to people like, Oh I, yeah, my, you know, my dad used to do that too. Or, Oh, I've, I've been there. Um, so it really, it's, that was kind of 1.0. It was just kind of, it was, I really thought it was just a laugh for my friends and, and family who was reading this. Um, so it was a running joke that turned into a business. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And that's and always a good thing. And I, and I didn't realize <laughs> it until I, in 2014, I, I had two kids. My second kid was born and it was just way too much to keep up with it. And I kind of refused to do the top 10 list. I didn't want to turn it into a chamber of commerce mm-hmm. type thing. So I was like, I'm shutting it down, you know? So I, I closed it down and there was, you know, some minor uproar of kind of like, wait, wait where's it? What's going on? Where, yeah. where, where's the site? Um, and so I, I kept it dormant for, for two years and in 2016 kids got a little bit older. Um, and then I brought on a, a friend of mine, Neil Stino, and we had done a live storytelling event here at Liberty street brewing. Nice. Okay. He was running this thing called, uh, I was running a, 
uh, a podcast, essentially, uh, kind of an early form of it. It was called Live Beard or uh, Weathered Beard. And he was doing a moss style event for guys with just gnarly facial hair. And, and he'd meet these guys and have them tell them a story about their beard. And then he'd turn it into a live storytelling event. So we held one down here. Um, that was like 2013 or 14. Uh, so I reached out to him. I was like, man, I need, I need a creative outlet. I need to bring this thing back. We need to do this thing right. Um, and he was all about it. He'd just come off of uh, doing a documentary um, and was needing you know, some creative outlets too. So we just sat down, rebranded the whole thing, um, planned out a bunch of different trips and experiences. I reached out to all my contacts I had before and they were still there and, and willing to help and ready. So, um, yeah. So about 2016, I think is when we've seen kind of the current incarnation of, of Midwestern gentlemen. And it's really based around stories and experiences around the great lakes and, and giving an identity to kind of like regular dudes. I think they get looked over as, uh, in the Midwest, you know, we have just as vibrant of a, a community of a art scene, of a music scene, of beers and distilleries and, and a lot of things happening. So we're just trying to embody that through the site. I think we got the I best like beer and best music. Yeah. My personal opinion. <laughs> Technically, Michigan's ranked number four in beer right now in the country. Speaking however, of that. However, we have the number one beer in the country, which is the Two Hearted Ale yeah. from Bell. That's my favorite beer. That's my go-to. Speaking of beer, why don't you uh, tell them what you got for us today, E-Man? All right. So in my search, uh, my first, our first beer of the year, we, uh, we brought it back to Perrin, one of my favorite breweries around the state. Uh, we have the Dragon Fruit Berliner, uh, 4.5% AVV, brewed with kiwi and dragon fruit. So this one's going to be a little bit on the fruity side. Pause. But, still, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, let's, uh, let's dig it into Oh, by the way, just, this is the first week. We actually have pint glasses in the studio. And the, the first week that I can't drink the damn beer. The first week Neil can't drink. That's right. If more you guys me. been following us, exactly. more for us. <laughs> yeah, if you guys been following us, uh, Neil is giving up all alcohol Booze, and weed, social media for the media. entire month of January. Yeah. A little reset button. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing his whole thing here. I uh, I, I got can't. my dad and my cousin on board with me, but that's about it. <laughs> that's literally it. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Um, All right. So while you guys pour up those and try yours out, in the theme of Midwestern Gentlemen, all the music that I've picked for today to play and speak about happens to come from Midwestern artists. Um, but uh, before you guys do that, I guess you could toast this to his memory. There is an RIP I got to send out, and I want to say rest in peace to uh, Bob Einstein, a.k.a. Super oh, Dave yeah. Osborne, a.k.a. Marty Funkhauser from, yeah, from, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, oh, dude. man. Yeah. Died yesterday and uh, at 76 years old, and I don't know if you guys are familiar. Well, most people are that I'm friends with watch Curb, and it's just like, I, it's probably my favorite comedy show, period. I think it's even funnier than Seinfeld, in my personal opinion, but... um. Yeah, so recipes to Funkhauser, the Funk Man. We're gonna toast this up to you, and I. So you at the crossroads, homie. To play a little of um, some Lupe Fiasco while you guys get those beers toasted up. Lupe, that's right. Speaking of Chicago artists, I got to still see No Name yesterday. Talk about oh, that. Did you go to No Name? I nice. did go to the No Name show yesterday. We will talk about that. Yeah, in we'll a talk second. about that. Here is a little bit of Go Go Gadget Flow. Dude, I 
from city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide wide world. Say now I'm from city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide wide world. Say now I'm from city in the Midwest, best city in the whole wide wide world. Hey, city in the whole wide world. Hey, city in the whole wide world. I got my go 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 gadget flow. I got my go 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 gadget flow. I got my go 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 gadget flow. I got my go 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 I'm back, I'm back, I'm cool, I'm <laughs> cool as I represent a tear On me, no ghost, no 16-bit like Sega Genesis All G-Bar on the board, soundtrack on the track Gemini on the job, set the G on the G-Set Ooh, I love Lupe So, yeah, we got a little bit of issue with, uh, you know, playing mainstream stuff So if guys on the live stream, that's probably gonna get ding later It might, it might it, not it, It's gonna get ding Might get dinged yeah. by the Facebook Nazis The Facebook knows? police, they get on top of that shit But you guys watching right here, I haven't even paid attention to this camera that much But you guys watching right here, like you yeah, you guys will be okay, and then you guys will listen to it later. You guys will be okay for sure. But let's get into it on the beer. By the way, I love that song. By the way, that was, that food, that was on song. Food and Liquor, right? That's on the Cool. It's the Cool. The okay. One, All right, second album. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's on that same album. Man, I love Lupe. His, oh, his what was the album one about when he was rapping about a zombie, like gangsters, like a gangster zombie? I don't know. Oh, it was, oh, it was, was that called on the Cool. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it was called the Cool. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. That is. Yeah, he was a zombie, and yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Only Lupe can rap about a zombie. So I since like. I'm living vicariously through you guys today, what's that beer taste like? I haven't even <laughs> tried it yet. So I want to talk a little bit about, like, you can tell it's really carbonated. It had, like, a high head to it. Uh, the coloring is very, very unique. I mean, it has, like, that same, like, I like that, like, in, like, a dragon fruit coloring. I feel like it's supposed to have, like, this, like, kind of, like, a crimson red style to it, I guess, if you want to call it like that. Yeah, it looks like a carbonated Kool-Aid. I mean, it Dude, is. Dude, it is a carbonated Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks almost weird. looks like fucking sparkling cider, I feel like. It reminds yeah. me of, like, uh, <laughs> it looks like the red Fago pop. By the way, <laughs> if you guys are counting along, that, that that's one F-bomb so far. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom. Sorry to Neil's mom. Damn, so i was driving in the car with my mom on the way home from indiana over the holidays and she told me that she's going to come in with a whiteboard and tally each time me and e-man say fuck on the podcast so, so the competition there's, there's two <laughs> sorry mom oh man all right well cheers sir cheers man i'll cheers my monster to you guys <laughs> <laughs> Blame. Get that product placement right there from Monster. <laughs> yeah, it is the same color. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> mm. Very, very tart and sweet. Yeah. But it, does you, co it coats the mouth. It does. Very nice, though. Yeah. <laughs> it does have like a, it still tastes like beer. Yeah, it tastes like a carbon, like a hairy high carbonated beer. It's almost like drinking an energy drink, to be honest with you, but you still, still. Yeah, like so I'm beer. like right on pace with yeah, you guys. You are right on pace. <laughs> It's almost like tasting an energy drink, but you know it's like no caffeine, all alcohol in here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's the percentage it has on the those babies? Four point five. So okay. yeah, it has like the consistency of like monsters, for instance. Huh. So you are right on point with you know this. This is kind of coordinated without being coordinated. Yeah. I feel like. yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm really good. thirsty tonight too. So <laughs> like really, keep those pretty close. These things are going down like pretty really, smoothly. I will add a dry bitter finish to it. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but yeah, it's not bad. It's actually, mm. would I drink this? Would I order this more often? Probably not, but it's not a bad beer at all. Nice. You, uh, uh, be honest. I, 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 will, I will caveat that I, I'm not much of a fruit beer guy. It's just either. the sweetness of it, yeah. But I've heard that you're into the seltzers. I am now, but those aren't beer, though. 
They're they're not they're no they're not they're not. But you're in, would you order so would you go out? With would your I order boys at the bar? No. no, no. It's usually if I'm having like uh, like people over or whatever, and I just like go get a case of it. I'll just get a case of them White Claws, Psh, bro. They don't make me feel as hungover as beer does, and I don't. I don't know. You can drink more of them. I don't know. I guess at 31, I don't really care too much about the judgment of what type of beer <laughs> or alcohol I'm drinking. Well, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I remember I heard a story. It was uh, some guy was in Canada, and he ordered. What did he get? He got like what's their thing? Like uh, with the leaf on it. The Molson? Mo- no, not Molson. Uh, damn. I actually kind of like most. What's the? Can, it's made in Canada. It's a popular beer, Labatt. Yeah. yeah. So he got like a twelve pack of Labatt or something like that, and like one of the it's like kid maybe like fourteen or fifteen called him a pussy because he was getting Labatt, and you know like Canada. <laughs> 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 he his comment was, "I think I'm from the wrong country." No, actually, here's the thing. I actually like Labatt. I mean, Dude, I, like, I if did. I had to pick like a. I don't need more. Like a popular beer, like something like that, you know, between like your Bud Miller, PBR Core, stuff like that. I would pick Labatt. My pops and I were just talking about this over the weekend. Since like all the craft breweries have opened, we've become such fucking beer snobs. Like, I'd, I can't drink that kind of beer anymore. I'd rather drink like less of a good tasting beer. There's I will at, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say there are, there are some, even in that realm though, there are some great loggers out there that are, there's companies now that are, are breweries that are only doing you know, they'll only have a lager on the line. Like um, a pil- like or Pilsner, like Pilsner URL. Like, you know, that's like the most like popular, not Pilsner, like Pilsner that's not like mainstream, mm-hmm. but it tastes, it was the original like Pilsner, I believe, wasn't it? Like it came from the Czech Republic. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what it is from though. Pilsner. Pilsner URL. Say, yeah. say it in a foreign accent. <laughs> Pil- Pilsner? I, I can't Pilsner. do it. Pilsner, Pilsner URL. Pilsner. But yeah, it t- <laughs> But it has like that, like that, like bready kind of taste to it, to where it's like really like it's very carbonated, but yet at the same time it still has like that taste to it, to where it's drinkable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you have that drinkability where you know you're not really fulling like a stout, but and it's still carbonated to where you can like finish it and everything like that. So I mean, it's one of those beers, kind of like how Sierra Nevada has the pale ale, where it mm-hmm. kind of pair with everything. I like the uh, for lagers. I like I think Shorts has a pretty good one. I think it's called like the locals or something. Shorts local something or other. Oh, uh, hey Nick, one. say hi to the camera before you go. Uh, <laughs> hi to the camera. Hey. Plymouth <laughs> Rock Recording Company people. What? Uh, <laughs> quick plug. Quick plug. I'm gonna say we always gotta have uh, Nick do his shout out. His little cameo in our podcast. Yeah, I guess here. that's. I could just say that now <laughs> since he he just popped up in the camera. Nick is now part of the team. Really, he's. I mean, we've Pretty talked much. about him on the podcast a while now, but uh, he's like our engineer engineer now um <laughs> just because it's it's just way better when he does it <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> when agree. you listen to the audios that we've done in my basement that i've tried to do myself with my shitty setup compared to the ones at <laughs> this studio it's just night and day so yeah so we're appreciative of nick and we got him on board nick, now you the real mvp yeah, yeah. how was you guys holidays though man what you guys do so christmas eve i hung out with my grandma so we had, they had like a get together and everything like that and then Christmas Day, honestly, I took a page out of a Christmas story, and I went to go get Chinese food. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did. That's awesome. And then New Year's, you know, I showed up at your house for a little bit. Yep, and went yep. a couple other friends' houses. So, I mean, didn't really do much. It was kind of a, it was kind of a chill, like relaxed holiday. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's the first one out my mom. So kind of weird, but I'm, I, I can only yeah. imagine, man. 
How about yourself, man? Oh, man, I took uh, my my wife uh, took off to uh, Tampa to visit her family. Oh. Um, so warmer weather. She's, uh, you know, it's a giant Puerto Rican family. Uh, so they all came in from Miami and Tampa. Um, and so they came here. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, they were. I mean, they were. They it was great because they had uh, photos of them and videos of them. They were in jackets and hats because the temperature got to like sixty-two <laughs> or something in Tampa. Sixty-two um, in jacket and hat. Yeah, they were. They were. They were freaking out. Must uh, be nice. <laughs> so I, I actually took. Uh, I took the two young ones up north um, to my parents' place and just kind of let them run around the woods and explore. We came back for New Year's uh, and. Man, this is, it shows you how exciting, uh, you know, parenthood is. Uh, my daughter passed out like 11. <laughs> um, and then my, uh, we went over to a friend's house, neighbor's house. And my, my, young, my son, Caleb, six years old, was running around with friends and didn't want to go home. He was partying until one in the morning. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. How old's your, uh, your daughter? She's four. Your daughter's four and your uh-huh. son's six. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. I can only imagine uh, my nephews are three and one right now, and I can't imagine them getting any crazier than, well, at least the three-year-old, man. He's nutcase. Dude. So much energy. But uh, you know what? It's kind of a good thing, though. He's not really into watching TV and, like, video games or anything. He's, like, he wants to go outside all the time, even when it's cold outside. He's like, that's I want to play soccer. I want to play f- basketball. I want to do, you know, I'm like, Psh. I like you, kid. That's rare these days. <laughs> yeah, really it is. To find it really like is. He's got good parents, though. His athletic parents. So, well, we even to to show you where it's come. Like we bought Caleb for, or I should say, uh, no, we did. It wasn't Santa. Uh, <laughs> his big Christmas gift was an iPod Touch. Oh, and nice. To watch him text and you know play video games, but what age he's at now, which is is different from that three and one age, is now. You know, I get home and we play Xbox and listen to Drake, and we're starting. We're in this weird phase of, like, into the same kind of things. <laughs> yeah. But it's great because I can still listen to to my music and that kind of music, and all the references are just way over his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> he knows the curse words. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 fun. It's just kind of like he's becoming a little man. It's so your crazy. Xbox. 360. So let's put uh, let's put some reference around this. Bro, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to drop a gamer tag, bro. <laughs> 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 no, That's unless funny. you're playing Black Ops or N- uh, NHL 2011, I'm you know I'm not. It's okay, there. my roommate has a 362, and I'm just looking like why. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, though. That's like, funny that you guys are into, like, the same stuff now because that's – I feel like that happens in two different stages in life. Like, you got that going on now, and then he's going to turn into a bratty teenager, and you'll lose him for a little bit, at least thinking you're cool and wanting to do the same things. And then you'll get to the retirement phase where I'm at with my dad currently where him and I are starting to get into the same shit again because he's about to retire next year, and we've been going to concerts together, and he's, like, into hanging out and doing all this stuff. I think it's going to be tough because – I was doing I was doing the math, and when Caleb graduates high school, I'll be forty three. Yeah. So I, I, I'd like to think I won't be that. I'll still be cool. Yeah, I you think know, so. For the, for the length of I his think so. of his childhood. Um, so I, I plan on, you know, indoctrinating him early into music and mm-hmm. live shows, and I'll, I'm hoping to be that cool dad that's like, tight. you know, taking him to you know maybe shows that he might be a little too young for, but mm-hmm. you know. You know, get them get them exposed to as much as I can. Our parents did, man. Like uh, I think my well, my friend Duke's mom took us to uh, Blink One Eighty Two Bush and Oasis in seventh grade, <laughs> and that was an experience. First time I remember smelling pot. The first time I remember like like really vulgar That's language. Blink One Eighty Two on stage, <laughs> man. They were between stuff, oh, man. 
I think at one point, uh, Tom from Blink-182 was talking about, like, asking girls from the crowd to put, like, chocolate sauce on his, you know, and come suck it off after the show and all this. That sounds like a Tom DeLonge thing to do. Yeah, That sounds like a Tom DeLonge thing. I remember going to one of their shows. It was the Green Day, Blink-182, Jimmy Eat World show, and I remember getting there. We were probably, this was probably like ninth or 10th grade, and then I remember in front of me was like a birthday party. It was like six, you know, <laughs> nine, 10, 11 year olds, and these two parents who brought their kids to a Blink 182 show, ready to listen to like all the small things. And then as soon as Tom got the mic without any music, <laughs> oh, no. it, was, it was just some crazy <laughs> yeah. reference that you're like, yeah. oh man, you're looking down, and the kids are kind of giggling. They lasted, I think, three songs, and the whole group left. <laughs> it only got crazier I from remember, there for me because the I, very next year, my dad took me to. Uh, MXPX, Cypress Hill, and The Offspring. And Cypress Hill was smoking out of a six-foot-tall bong on stage. And I'm like, yeah, Dad! <laughs> I remember when I was in fifth grade, uh, we went to the Michigan State Fair, and Shaggy was there. <laughs> and my, uh, it wasn't me. See? It wasn't me. He had, like, I forgot he had this one song. It goes, how many of y'all have ever been in a relationship with a chick? And I'm in fifth grade, like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I got four girlfriends. I, I got four. They share cookies with me at lunchtime all the time. No. <laughs> We yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think that was uh, I think that was my first concert I ever went to. Like my, because my my parents they never were in the same music as I was. My dad was like strictly Motown, which I love now, mm-hmm. but you know I didn't appreciate it at the time. Uh, my mom was more like R and B style, like a lot of Sade, a lot of Janet Jackson, and everything like that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I think. I'm trying to think. The only con- the last concert I went to with my dad was actually one. I ho- I hosted the EDM show, a tangent, a couple months ago. That's the last time I saw live music with my dad. Was, <laughs> was the EDM show that I hosted. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents definitely raised me off the Motown stuff too. They were never super into classic rock like a lot of my friends' parents were. They were more into like Sly Stone and like and Temptation, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder was both my parents' favorite artists. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire was another big one for them. They did like some of the classic rock, but like they were more into like the Beatles, kind of the softer stuff. My dad was never really like a big Zeppelin guy or anything like that. Um, I kind of found that stuff on my own later. But him and I definitely found a love in the '90s rock music when that was bubbling up. The Sound Gardens and Green Days and Offsprings and all that stuff. Yeah, I relied on my brother for for a lot of that stuff. I remember my dad. Uh, he always had, there's, I think only two CDs in the car. Every time we drive up north was Jay Giles' band. Um, uh, what was it? House of Cards or, or Live Live House or something. Uh, but it was their live show recorded in Detroit in like 1970. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's. Dude, Jay Giles' band is fucking awesome. <laughs> I think one of the most underrated bands I love Jay ever. Giles' band. I Jay saw Giles Peter Wolf one time. Never heard of him. Oh, I'll, we'll get you. You've definitely, we'll get you the, the, you've definitely heard, a, you've heard one of their songs for uh, sure. Angels of Centerfold. Um, ring a bell. What's the one that the the super popular one that it's the live recording is really popular. But it starts Detroit off with him. Shakedown. Yep, 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 yep. That's Detroit what it was. Yep, Detroit Shakedown. Motor City. Let's go to a Kid Rock show. He pulls out all those. Yep. <laughs> those kind of- Actually, you know what? That's where I saw Peter Wolf. It was like I don't listen to Kid Rock anymore, but my friends convinced me to go to a Kid Rock show because it was like it was more like there was no opening act, but he had like Peter Wolf from Jay Giles Band, uh, Dickie Betts from the Almond Brothers, and then Rev Run. And they all just kind of did like a That's circular such thing. a like diverse it was, like it was crazy. And they they just <laughs> would, like like they bring Rev out, they bring Rev Run out do a couple tracks. Then they would bring Peter Wolf out. Bro, do a I'm just Jay thinking Giles like tracks. the actual 
like mix of genres in that like field like holy shit well then again like run dmc was the first one to do like the aerosmith oh yeah and that him and rock i think thing, so, i yeah. think rev run and kid rock were pretty close friends for a while they are too. still I'm close not sure. yeah that's yeah. that's that's i remember I yeah he was on uh run's house yeah, yeah, yeah. he bought diggy a guitar i used to love run's house that show was fucking hilarious for a reality show <laughs> that was a great era of reality show it was it was another podcast yeah it was Oh, that's great. So, are we good? We got something old, something new coming? Yeah, we do have something old, something new. Um, in the spirit of Midwestern gentlemen, I kept it Midwestern stuff. Um, and with, oh, actually, real quick, today at work, by the way, all these years later, I just found out the fucking white, the Righteous Brothers are white. Did you know the Righteous Brothers are white? I did know that. You did? Yeah. See, I never knew that. <laughs> I'd only I heard the like, uh, time they are. goes <laughs> by. <laughs> So slowly, um, I I'd always known that song, but I figured it was by like a black group. Yeah. <laughs> and then their their thing came on the on my uh, like the little picture came up on my iTunes when I was listening to it at work today. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> 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 I'm only like 35, 40 years late to that. But, uh, right. Yeah, something old, something new. Um, so for something old this week. I went with um, a couple boys from Akron, Ohio, the Black Keys. Okay. Um, with okay. their 2008 release, Attack, or yeah, Attack and Release. Um, and it's actually the first album I purchased of theirs and first, like, full, like, how I really got into the Black Keys. And uh, it was all by chance, really. I was at the store to buy a Black Crows uh, album. And they were right next to the Black Crows. And I was like, oh, oh shit, I remember seeing like a live performance of theirs right on there. TV. I'm like, that looks pretty sweet. <laughs> so I bought it, and it turned out to end up being one of my favorite albums. <laughs> like it's, nice. It's, I, I still think it's probably their best album, and for me at least. I think, in my opinion, that would be my favorite album of theirs. Um, that was when it was still... They had kind of left that like this super distorted garage rock sound where it sounded like they were literally recording in their garage to like a little bit more production value in their music. Um, and that was like my favorite of theirs because there were some real crunchy, awesome rock tunes on there and some real bluesy ones too. Bad. So that's what I had for something old this week. How about yourself, E-Man? Uh, so I was in the gym earlier and then I decided to backtrack my, you know, the Dat Piff mixtape days. Mm -hmm. So I decided to put on Live Love ASAP. And I've realized how much I actually love that project from that's a great Rocky. I do. I love it. Wait, like, is that, wait, is that the first one or the second one? First, I like that's my favorite. Live one Love ASAP was the first one. I had Peso and all that stuff. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dude, a I great love that album. project. I really do. Like that actually. Like, and I said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And I'll still say it now. It's that Rocky still has my best, my favorite flow in hip hop. He's great, He's man. Just slick, dude. I love it. I like, just it like really him is. for being creative and pushing yeah. the envelope. Like I, my my cousin Adam uh, at the time was not into rap music at all, but he was attending Bonnaroo for the first time, and he called me because he knew it. I had been there a couple times. And just to give him the rundown on it and everything. And after the weekend was over, I, I talked to him. I'm like, what's your favorite set? And he was like, actually, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm like, you don't even listen to rap music. He was like, the crowd was fucking Dude, crazy. I, the show I was insane. His, I haven't seen him live. <laughs> I hear his day show was really good, too. Yeah. yeah Last so. time he was here, I think he was on tour with Tyler. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I missed that show. I actually wanted to go to that show. Here's the thing, because I've seen Tyler Crater live, and I wasn't impressed. No, but I love his music. But I'm his live. I heard show that about him and not, sweatshirt. Yeah, I was not happy with his like stage show. It was like a couple. The, when I saw him, it was like right after uh, Goblin came out. So you know, it was a lot older. It was like maybe like, what 2012. Mm -hmm. So you know, he probably changed maybe since then. But 
eh, whatever. I love his music, though, but just wasn't a fan of his stage show. So, Andy, I hadn't prepped you with the something old, something new, but is there any old music you've been listening to lately that you uh, care to talk about? So, yeah, I was actually just going through uh, the... So we have on, on Spotify, we have a... I keep a playlist updated called the MWG 25, and that is kind of 25 songs from all genres, um, big artists, small artists. Uh, but there's actually something old that I've been really into outside of the Midwest, and that's been uh, Paul's Boutique with uh, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Okay. Specifically, uh, and I'm going to butcher, I think it's the B-Boys, uh, Bellinaise, mm-hmm. that kind of last track on there that's 13 minutes long, and it's cut up. Um, but it's what I've always liked about Beastie Boys, and what I get into with music um, is – I, I get into, a, I'll find a song either that I haven't heard in a while or something new, and I'll just put it on repeat for like a whole day at work. Mm-hmm. I'll literally just have this song. I do that sometimes. You know, hey. and I, it'll also get down to the point where I'm like rewinding to a certain point in the song. I've even like downloaded songs, put them into an editor, cut out the 34 <laughs> seconds that I just want to hear on repeat and I'll listen to it on repeat. So there's been uh, uh Hey Brooklyn has been like yeah. on repeat for me. Um, when that beat drops and it's just that boom, 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 boom. You're like, this is, this is, it just gets me excited. Speaking, Speaking of time, innovation, so. man, Jesus Christ, those guys were uh, pushing the envelope for hip hop for sure. Before those- we get into the something new, I just want to say, no name is amazing life. <laughs> oh, Holy yeah. Shit. yeah, I went to go see her in the Majestic last night. I just want to, sorry about like cutting you off, there, but <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't know how I was going to get that in there. But I just want to know, like, no name is amazing. <laughs> you just did. That's all you got. I kind of was wondering about that because I was wondering if it would be very energetic or kind of sleepy because she's very like fairy. She's very chill. So here's the thing: she brought the full band with her. Her like by herself was just if she didn't have the band. It would just be yeah okay, but there her bass player and I actually I want to tweet I'm probably gonna tweet her this after the show her bass player and her drummer made the set for me oh really like they were that's happened amazing. to me for sure too and like the drummer at Kendrick's concert was like play, fucking awesome yeah I guarantee they're probably just like jazz musicians from Chicago oh, or for something sure. like that like yep. you know just some people she probably grew up with or yep. something like that but yeah they were amazing that's funny bringing it back to Beastie Boys for a second um, that. I just I've been they've been bubbling up a lot. I don't know if they do they have a book out or something. Yeah, they just released a a, a book. I, I think it was was it Mike D. I think authored it. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of a autobiography basically from like the start to finish. That's right. Because I because I'm on my YouTube channel. Like I've been seeing all these like videos. Like uh, they were on Conan I think recently. They were on Kimmel recently, and then they did like a a live like kind of like a Q and A slash uh, like they had what's their Mixmaster Mike was DJing and they did like this live thing in Brooklyn where they were just kind of talking. They weren't like performing, but they were talking to the crowd and like kind of telling the story of BC Boys. Maybe they were doing live readings from it. I'm not sure. But I love those guys, man. We got a couple uh, shout outs here. We got Fawzi Sedan. What's up? What's up? Uh, Daniel Washon. What's up? Yeah, shout out to me and you. Nice. And no, me and him. Not oh, you. No, well, <laughs> but probably you too. Liver over here. <laughs> D Watson. He's a, he's and, a and, fishing uh, buddy. DeAndre Parker, so what up to him too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what up, Dre? Got a couple, uh, got a couple shout outs there. I see you guys in the comments. That's, so just to like let you guys know, if I check my phone, don't get me wrong, I'm like reading like everything for the podcast. I'm not just like being a dick. Like, yeah, I'm reading my um, notes on mine too. Guy. That's how oh, I yeah. produce the show on my phone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm tweeting. I'm, I'm <laughs> So, uh, something new, I gotta be honest with you guys, after last week's episode where we broke down all of our favorite albums, I didn't really listen to new music for shit last week, but there was one project 
I thought worth mentioning. I didn't even. I've only listened to it once too. Um, Detroit female rapper Dej Loaf has a new EP out. Um, Is it out already? Yep. I'm yeah, it came out last. It came out. I think actually maybe like on New Year's Day maybe. But um, so I listened to that and there's some good cuts on there. It's only like six songs. Um, I don't have a lot of critique to say about it, but uh, it's nice to hear from her again because we haven't really heard much out of her. In a little while, and she was kind of. She had that what one was that? What was that? Big Sean pop? for a while. Yeah, like that. You know, I was on radio. Let's back up that, off me. What was the one with the eat the booty like groceries? That was that was Jenna Echo. <laughs> was that? That was Jenna oh, Echo. That, that, that was Dej Loaf. I thought that was on it. Wasn't that on a Dej Loaf song? That though? was Omorion. Oh, that was, was a Morion song. That was Dej Loaf. No, not Dej Loaf. <laughs> that was Janae Aiko. Now you got me saying it. I just remember yeah. hearing like media outlets talking about that line. They're like, eat the booty like groceries. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's a little yeah, gross. Yeah, that was definitely Janae Aiko. <laughs> so shout out to Big Sean. <laughs> yeah, so that's literally like beyond that. I've been listening to, like all day today. I've been listening to old soul music. I was listening to Stevie and D'Angelo. And I listened to some Nina Simone. I haven't really listened to new music for shit. So that's all I got for something new. Dej Loaf. I think it's called, uh, what's the name of it? I'll just. Drop the name for you. Go Dej Go Volume 1 EP is the name oh, of that. Volume 1, we're getting multiple. So, I did not listen to a new album either. However, I did check out a new artist. Uh, shout out to my boy Miles Giroux from the Dirty News. Okay. Uh, he actually turned me on to somebody called, like a group called Tank and the Bangas. <laughs> okay. So, they're like funk, jazz, like collective from okay. uh, from New Orleans. And they have like this like New Orleans kind of like vibe to their like their music and it's really cool it's like it has like a really dope like storytelling and like a uh, aspect to it so i actually checked out their live album live from new orleans it's called the big bang theory nice and it was honestly i was taken back by it man i was just jamming on the way actually here so i'll dig it like i shout out to uh tank and the bangers nice uh, text me that because that sounds like right yeah, up my it'll sound like something you would like. <laughs> it's definitely something you would like yeah you got anything new you've been listening to? Yeah, I, I think I got I got new artists. I at least I always think that any artist I haven't heard is, you know, for sure. Know. No, that, and there that's was actually, true though. It there is. Was, there was one that there's. I've got actually. I'm, I'm going to hit on on three Sweet. across genres right now. So okay. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Harmar Superstar. No, I have not. Oh, uh, you guys got to check this guy out. So he's from, and this is one where I, I've you know I, I landed on him and I was like, oh, this is brand new artist. Saw this and and. It's one of those things where kind of your righteous brother story where you hear it and then you look the guy up. And yeah. You're like, That's him. This dude is probably like 5'4", balding, <laughs> mustache. He kind of looks like a Danny DeVito type. <laughs> but this soul funk kind of Motown um, sound to him that is, you, you think he's, yeah, like a 23-year-old just soul singer. Damn, but uh, but he's he's kind of a, an artistic type. He puts out these kind of fun videos and that kind of stuff. He's out of Minneapolis. Um then the the two locals uh, is this band Brother Elsie. I want to say I know Brother Isley or Elsie. I want to say I want to make sure I know those guys. Yeah, and I think they've they've yeah, shout out to them. They're dope. Yeah, they they uh, they had an EP that came out last year. I think they're putting out new stuff. They I just got, came out with a new single. I got a funny story about them. I hope they're actually gonna watch this soon. But yeah, so I was just randomly in Chicago one day, and then I think it was who's who's the I know Bradley's one of them and. Who's the who's the singer? Uh, that now you're. I forgot. You're I forgot deep. who. The, one of them like <laughs> saw I one, was in Chicago <laughs> on Facebook, and they hit me up like, "Hey man, you should come to our show." Oh yeah, it was you know it was Dwayne uh, Hewins. That's who it was. I oh. think he he was playing with he was playing drums with them. I think that night, and then I'm like, "All right, cool, yeah, come on, check them out." So yeah, I got that was the first that was the first time I saw them live. I'm like, they're dope, man. I like them, but I actually first heard about them through another Michigan boy, Adventures with Vultures. Oh yeah, that soccer, So yeah. 
Uh, oh, actually, let me plug him real quick. So, you know, he's I guess he's leaving his label and he's going the independent route. So he actually set up a GoFundMe to uh, just help, you know, help out with studio costs and everything like that. So I'll drop a link on that, too, and I will do a Beats and Bros. Beats and Bruce post about that later. So, yeah, shout out to him for going the independent route. Always respect artists for doing that. Yeah. But yeah, back to Brother Isley. Like, yeah, well, I think I think this kind of also goes back a little bit to um, to kind of what I found with Midwestern gentlemen and the stuff we cover is like, you know, Adventures of Vultures, Brother Elsie. Uh, you know, these bands that are playing, you know, it could be in downtown Plymouth. They're playing these small shows, um, but you listen to their music and you're like, why am I one of five people right now listening to this in this venue right now? And you're I freaking out. How many times I've had yeah, that it's <laughs> and it, it happens. It doesn't just happen here. It happens in the scenes in Minneapolis and Milwaukee and Madison. And I'm trying to, you know, we try to like collect those and just and and you know, Adventures with Vultures and Matt. We we went and saw him at PJ's Logger House, and I've seen enough shows. I'd like to think I've been around enough artists that you're you're watching Matt on stage and that band on stage, and they are they're playing their songs, which is already good music, but they have something about them on stage, the cadence, the uh, the right amount of commentary. Uh, there, there's just a, a presence about them that goes beyond what music they're putting out. That's something that can will last a long time. They're already able to put on vibrant live shows that are entertaining, and that that translates not just here. That's how you carry a tour. That's how you go from playing small clubs in Detroit and Chicago, St. Louis, to getting out to the West Coast, yeah. the East Coast. It's because it's universal, and, and Matt and those guys have it, and I'm really excited to try to catch Brother Elsie yeah, because uh, I would imagine they're the same. I tell you what, that's how I judge musicians a lot of the time, too, is the live show. Like uh, For me, as someone that goes to a lot of concerts, um, I feel like you ain't shit until I've seen you perform live. Because I've seen some people that make great music, but it could be a bunch. It could be someone else. It could be the producer. It could be someone else. Then you see them live, and you're like, "What the fuck is this? This is terrible." But then you also, I've also had it the opposite way where I wasn't super into some music, and then I saw their live performance, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, there's a lot amazing. of people like that. There's a lot of people that go either way like that. Like a lot of people either, yeah, you either have a dope stage show. And, you know, like, not the greatest of recordings, or you have great recordings, and mm-hmm. then we see you live, and just, meh, whatever. Some bands, but, I yeah. think they're so good live that I don't even listen to their studio recordings anymore, like String Cheese or Umphreys McGee, like the jam band scenes. Like, I don't that's listen to That's how jam bands are. That's exactly how jam bands are. There's artists, too, that, you know, you have to force them into the studio. Oh, like, sure, yeah. no, no band starts out in a studio. Nope, nope. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it can be an uncomfortable space yeah. for, for, for some. A lot of, you know, a lot of those artists like the road they like the spontaneity of on stage and so I, I think that's also tough when when you have bands like that that you know are touring and doing 200 300 shows a year and then forcing them into a studio or something to kind of put together some you know put together an album can be kind of a that's forceful what, uh, thing run yeah. up jewels was talking about like because when lp was on social media like because people were talking about why there wasn't a run the jewels album this year because they just got off tour with lord he got married and all yeah. this, you know life stuff happened he was like yeah we're working on it but you know it's gonna be some time before right. we get it right because you don't want to rush it out and just have a clump of you know, a clump of shit. Come man, out. people so, expect yeah. music way too quick now, man. That's, I like the process. Of I really t- like don't taking like time building and, anticipation. And this is, you know, this is all for young artists out there too. My thing is, please, for the love of God, don't keep putting out project after project after project after mm-hmm. project after project without even promoting. Don't just like, give a shit to give stuff. a shit. Yeah, like that's one thing is like just promote what you have now, you know, and take your time with the next one. You don't have to keep just rolling out stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, like, I totally. Agree I mean, with that. it's like a supply and demand thing. Like when you get the more like. Even 
even no 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 even like if you like say like a say for instance like a couple like a lot of indie like a not indie artists but a lot of like local artists i know they keep putting out projects after projects and then you know i can't go back and listen to everything because you know i haven't because i haven't really spent time with this project so i can't really enjoy it then i gotta go on the next one then by the time i finish that one you already got another one coming out you just get like sworn with music it's almost like overwhelming at some point yeah. but yeah i would say like take your time hone your craft more and you know keep pushing what you have out and then when you get to that next one figure out you know what you want to do for what you did wrong on the last one or if there was something wrong but you know there's always nothing's ever perfect you always have like time to build your craft mm-hmm. and everything like that no i think but i'm going to yeah. take advice from that and going into this year and not i'm not going to listen to as much new music as i did last year because last year was fucking stupid i do have <laughs> I didn't get, uh, we give do myself have a, any time we do have a question from, uh, <laughs> it was deandre it was, parker it was here uh, the pros and cons on being an independent artist. The pros and cons of being an independent artist? Yes. I think the biggest pro would be just the the word independent, being able to have, like do your own thing. The pro and, be, uh, uh, being independent as a pro? Yeah. Being independent, yeah. doing Not having someone else telling you what you, uh, your limitations on your music, what, what they think might sell, what's, what's not going to sell. I don't know. I think that is... Like the artistic freedom, I think, would be the biggest pro. Yeah, big time. Um, I think the biggest con would be... It's the fact that you're treated like a slave for the record label, I feel True. like. That's my big thing. That's my biggest con about record labels. Record la- You want to think of a record label as like a loan office, for mm-hmm. the most part. They front you the money up front, like, you know, like, hey, you get, you know, a million dollars, you get signed for a million dollars. What that is, is that that's a million dollars towards your your record so they front you this money up front to you know to live off of for your studio time for tours and everything like that but once your album comes out guess what you have to pay all that shit back mm-hmm. that's what a lot of people don't realize with record deals or you get wrapped and, up in a 360 deal and that is the most common most mistake a lot of artists make oh hell yeah they're like oh, oh little, like, you're gonna throw me some money right now i'm broke as shit this sounds great there is there's a lot of everybody's favorite rappers like out there right now like they, you know they hate their labels and everything just because you know they're tied up in all that shit like you can't release stuff independently you can't release stuff how you want and that's just how a lot of artists get shelved and that's how like a lot of stuff happens like that so it's just more of a fact that like with independent the independent route it's a lot harder because you know you don't have that marketing team behind you you don't have you know, you don't have like that. Right. You don't that, have the machine. You don't have yeah. the machine backing you by any means. It's mm-hmm. all you and, you know, your core following and, you know, your fan base and everything like that, like building yourself up. So, but the only down, the downside is, yeah, you're paying out of pocket for all that and it's a lot tougher route. But the payoff in the end is at the end. Like, look at, look at artists like Tech Nine, for instance. Yeah. Tech Nine is that. Key like example of how to do it right. Royce the five nine. Key Tech example under, how to do Tech it. Tech nine's right. underground, and I guarantee you, he has more money than a He's lot on the of these. Forbes list. Chance rapper is another one too. That Russ Chance dude. Chance rapper's a huge like influence. Yo, that, that. Russ dude who's not oh, even Russ, that good yeah, made fifteen Russ. million dollars last I year. All about Russ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Joyner Lucas just went independent. He dropped from Atlantic. Yep. Good for him. That's well, what I'm I th- those artists, these artists can here's, do it now. Here's yeah, the thing with, with that. Media. Wiz Khalifa is another one that kind of did it right for the most part. He Fuck did it, yeah, he he did did. it kind of backwards, but you know, still the effect is the same. He had his core following when he was with Rostam, which you know, Rostam's an independent label, so it's a lot more freedom to yep. go into you know, like having a land. They had uh, they had Mac too, right? Rostam had Mac too. Yeah. So, but 
Yeah, so Wiz Khalifa left Rostrum, I think, right around the time Black and Yellow came out. Uh-huh. But by then, you know, he already had his like he already had his core following, so he can just you know, hey, I get all that money up front and everything like that because he knows he's gonna pop. So it was a safe bet to go mainstream first. So I say like, if you're ever gonna go mainstream. And mind you, you know, I'm obviously not mainstream or anything like that. But if you're ever going to go mainstream, make sure you have your core following first. Yeah. That way it doesn't fuck you later on. And I'll take the third F-bomb for that, he, too. He made, so a, like, yeah, he made a really smart move, too, because he had gotten offered to go on tour opening for Drake. And he turned it down and decided to go on just tour as his own, like uh, the Taylor Gang, whatever. I think that's his collective, right? Taylor Gang? Right. Um, just take his boys on tour and do their own thing. And that tour just built him a ton of momentum and ended up, I think, probably doing way more than opening for Drake did. Because Drake wasn't as big of a global success as he was. Well, as he is now, then, but... They were just talking... They actually... I think I think it was Double XL or somebody just put an article out about Drake, speaking of which. It was about how a Drake co-sign turns on the gold. Like, Drake has the Midas touch of co-sign. Now he does, for sure. Let's think about it. You got Migos. Oh, yeah. Travis Scott. Yep. ASAP Rocky, uh, Janaco, all these people he like co-signed just fucking blew the hell up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, not really out of nowhere, but you know they blew up. Yo, Drake could fart in a can, and people would buy that shit now. Like it, it, oh, it doesn't the even matter what I he puts about out. That. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The weekend too. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's crazy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So that's uh, independent versus. Uh, being, yeah, uh, to answer that question, yeah, we got in the whole thing about that. That was from yeah. Dre, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to Dre and Wordplay the podcast. We're uh, talking about ha- hopefully having them on the 17th. They got to talk to Dre still about so that. We'll have so that. Make sure he's available. Uh, we'll have YG Habibi and Wanye uh, on the 10th. Yep. And I got Kid Swope coming too and Sin Crawford as well. So, yeah, we got all that lined up. Nice. That's great. Um, oh, yeah, there was one more new thing. I, I did listen to some of the Dreams little uh, project. Uh, not all of it, though, because it's 40 songs, but there, there's definitely some good music on there that I want to sit with more. But uh, today I was just enjoying listening to old stuff. I was listening to Nina Simone all day. Dude, I think she might have the best female voice of all time, like, as far as interesting goes. Like, obviously not, not like, distinct, not I'll the most you. powerful or anything, but it's just like, the it's most like distinct. chilling, dude. It like, it like chills you to the bone on some songs. Like, it could just be just her voice and like a tiny little acoustic guitar riff and you're like Jesus Christ I would go Amy Winehouse would be my oh, pick she's, she's my, Amy Winehouse she would be my, my pick favorite but yeah I think yeah she <laughs> that sucks that she died she'd Tell still she'd it. still be like 35 years old she, I, I know she was 27 club <laughs> yeah, that's crazy 27 club man it'll take you you got that we'll, 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 let's go through the 27 club you got Amy Winehouse Kurt Cobain uh, Jim Morrison Janis Joplin Jimi Hendrix Mac Miller was almost in the 26. Club. Mac Miller was 26, <laughs> yeah. so technically not it. Uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. We made it, boys. Yeah. yeah. That was actually a lot better. Oh, yeah, we least, did, man. I, made it, yeah. I did not think I was going to make it to 31 if, uh, originally, so this is great. I'm <laughs> at 27 right now. So like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're yeah. right. I forgot. You're, you're a few years younger than us. <laughs> lay off the micros. Um, so, to change gears a little bit. I've been watching, since I haven't been listening to as much music this week, I've been doing a lot of movie watching and TV watching and podcast listening. And I just watched a really good movie um, on Netflix called uh, Annihilation, I believe it's called, with Natalie Portman, um, Oscar Isaac, uh, Tessa Thompson. It's the follow. It's the, the director that did Ex Machina's 
second movie. Ooh. Wait, there was a second Ex Machina? No, no, no. no. It's his oh, second okay, movie. Okay, okay. It's the second like, movie that he's minute. made. Um, it's not It's not a sequel to Ex Machina. It's a, it's really, um, it's a sci-fi movie, though, for sure, and it is really trippy. And whoever did the graphics and shit, man, they killed it, because it was fun to watch. And I was stone-cold sober, because it's Duh. January right now, and I watched it sober, and it was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I... I just wanted to see if you guys had seen any movies recently. Um, New World, I don't know, that might be worth talking about. I don't want to talk about Bird Box. Did we talk about that yeah, last well, week he, already? Yeah, he hasn't seen it yet, and we already ruined it for a couple other people yeah, on there. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Bird Box. <laughs> um, oh, we got the the Bandersnatch. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, We, we, can't, ruin, we can't ruin that either, because Andy I mean, hasn't can't, watched it You yet. can't ruin that yeah, movie. There's like really five in, different endings. You can't ruin that movie. <laughs> <laughs> So for those that are not familiar with uh, Black Mirror, Black Mirror is like this like really trippy like show that's on Netflix where it's kind of like really like a dark like suspense drama. Well, not even drama. It's like a dark like suspense. But they had to they released this interactive version of it with uh, I don't think the only main act the only like mainstream actor in there was Will Poulter who was in We're the Millers and. Oh yeah, Maze that's right. Runner. He was actually really good in it. And was it? He was in something. Oh, he was in the Detroit movie too. He's as well. the. But yeah. What did I? Who is he playing? Like a horror? Is he like a horror movie coming up or something like that? Or he plays like the the main bad guy? I feel like he was supposed to be Pennywise. But that's what it no, was. he wasn't Pennywise. He yeah, was, it was in the uh, beam like Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah, yeah, got that role. But yeah, he was. I think he was originally casted for that. But anyway, so that's only like main stream actor like anybody would really know from there i won't give but, uh, anything away about that movie but i got i got frustrated I, there's probably so many different scenarios that i didn't see that i was just like because fu- i was just like go to credits <laughs> at a certain <laughs> point i'm like go to credits man i spent <laughs> i spent an unreasonable amount of time trying to get every ending i could possible i'm gonna be honest with you i like definitely spent a lot more time than i'm willing to admit with this i Probably say I got every ending that I could. I got all five endings. Apparently, there's like some secret scenes that a lot that nobody has undercover yet, and I was just like, "Damn it, I really don't want to go back through this right you probably now." Probably got to be a fucking savage to get there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just seems like too much work it's for so like when, much I, when work, I'm watching man. when I'm watching but, Netflix. I don't want to make any decisions. That's what I felt like, like, man. For those of you guys who are not familiar with it, where Bandersnatch is, so. I forgot the guy who actually wrote the book, but it's actually based on, like, the guy who wrote the book actually went mad and killed his wife. That's actually a real thing. That yeah. actually happened. But uh, what happened, so it's an interactive movie, and all your ending and the story is based on the choices you make, like, during the film. So it's the first time Netflix actually did, like, an interactive movie. It's the first time i actually seen something like it, to be honest with you. So you take a controller, and you pick something simple as, you know, what cereal you want for lunch to, hey, let's jump off a fucking building. That's four for me, by the way. For Andy, it's like, I'm going to feed my kids cereal, then go jump off a fucking building. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think it was Joe Budden that put it on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, I had to cut that movie off after it took me forty-five minutes to pick out what fucking cereal I wanted to eat in the beginning of the movie." So, <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting one, man. You gotta, you probably gotta be a sicko to get to some of the scenes because like, I, I, oh, at I, a certain I point, definitely I was got like, to a lot more than I'm willing to. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I've definitely got to. at a certain point because it, it does pick for you if you just let the remote like there's a time limit on the thing so if you just don't press anything it'll it'll select options for you and after a while i was like all right i'm too indecisive i'm just gonna let the thing do the thing and see what happens and 
It gets crazy. I won't tell. I won't reveal it because Andy hasn't seen it yet. So yeah, I can't go into too much detail. You seen any good movies though? I, I well, I want to say you guys. I mean, continue the conversation. The one genre I just don't do is horror. I love horror. And shout out to my boy, you know our boy C Bone Corey Bajaya, biggest obsessed. horror buff oh, that I, I, I've ever. You know how many met. shitty movies he's made me watch? He <laughs> you made, know how many shitty movies he made both of us watch? Oh my god, one, <laughs> like, dude! One time he took like it was like a huge group of our friends like. There was probably like 10 or 15 of people like that piled up to in the cars and went to the movie theater to see Wolf Creek. And it was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, I know because I, I, didn't, I didn't go with them, but I just know how bad that movie is because I've seen it. We had, we had so many people uh, with us that we couldn't all sit together. And throughout the movie, you would just hear people like peppering in like, thanks, Corey. <laughs> I, yeah, I could see Seabone just hyping it up the whole way there. I could, I could just picture him doing it. Like, yeah, bro. Come here, come here, the best thing ever. You gotta, you seriously, you got it. Like, it's crazy. Seriously. You're going to love this. <laughs> to his credit, though, he has turned me on to some horror movies that I never would have watched ever if it wasn't for him. So he's he, probably love Seabone with those Seabone impressions. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> you, we, you know, I mean, he's going to listen later. Like, you know, we do it out of love. We love you. Oh, I love yeah. Corey. <laughs> Corey's got some cool things coming, man. I, I was uh, hearing some music, music that he was yeah, working out with Nick, Johnny. man. Yeah. Sounds really good. I don't want to ruin anything or give away any surprises. Coming out in May, his he's got some cool stuff coming out. Which, I, if he's going to be listening, I've gotten your messages, Corey. We will do something together. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I love when my friends collaborate. Especially, I didn't even know that Nick and Corey knew each other. And then Nick came over on New Year's Eve and was like, hey, so Seabone was in the studio today and we were working on some shit. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, and I'm rapping on it too. I'm like, you, Nick? You're rapping? <laughs> he's That's like, interesting. Yep. <laughs> Nick Small can do it all. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but it Jack did. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Master of some, I would say. <laughs> most trades. Master of most trades. <laughs> You know what's funny? If you were a master of something, you know what we could call you, right? Please don't say <laughs> if you say masturbate, so help me God. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a dad, but I got dad jokes all day. That sounds like something like a screen name. Oh, like man. Yeah. It takes me back to seventh grade. Anyway. <laughs> the torment. Oh, man. I just unhinged something <laughs> in the email. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> But yeah. um yeah beyond that um I don't know if I watched was no there was a I had downloaded like all the movies that I didn't get around to watching in 2018 like all the uh the Oscar nom ones and all the shit coming out so now that I'm not doing anything uh drinking or partying wise this month I'm just going to watch a shitload of movies. I would have you seen White Boy Rick? I haven't I seen it. I just downloaded that. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. yet. Is it uh, great? Yeah, it's good. I but I would I would really suggest watch uh you know, it's it's a it's a Hollywood film, so it you know it kind of generalizes a little bit. Yeah. But there's a there's another documentary, I believe it's on Amazon. It's called White Boy, and uh, it, it is in detail the the story of of uh, White Boy Rick from the beginnings, and it interviews you know some of the drug kingpins that were running around in Detroit that are out now, and it's a more detailed story of it. But the the performance the the references of, of being in the city and kind of seeing the whether it's the kind of references to the east side or kind of how they filmed Detroit, I think it really brought out probably what I would imagine Detroit was like in the you know mid to late eighties. So yeah, I highly recommend it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that on Amazon Prime. I, I wanted to because someone had told me the same thing. My, actually, my Bro, best friend Virgil's dad it's told on me Prime. The same thing. I'm about to watch that tonight. I just got one. a Prime membership too. Oh, I just want to say just really random. This year, like uh, the second was the first day I ever bought something from Amazon. 
Really? Yeah, ever. T- this year? Yeah. What? First ever? Year. Yeah. I, I never really did an Amazon for a while. Dude. And yeah. Here's the, here's the only thing. Here's what I bought. From here. So, <laughs> you know, you know my roommate Rajan, right? Yeah. I, I broke his uh, blender jar by accident. Like, uh-huh. while I was I was doing some brewing stuff, and I ended up breaking it by accident. So, I'm like, damn, I need to find this jar. So, I went to Walmart, and I went to Meyer. I couldn't find, like, this. He had, like, a special blender, too. It was, like, a ninja jar or whatever. So, I, like, searched around. I couldn't find it. It was like, hey, man, check Amazon. Like, Amazon? Okay, sure. I'll see if it's on. Oh, it's on there. <laughs> I, I just bought it. And I, I like, love so I gotta it. get a Prime membership now. I'm about to start using Prime. So shout out to shout out to Bezos on that, dude. Our <laughs> house having two roommates. Our house is like a it's like Christmas every day coming home. There's another Amazon package on the front doorstep every I damn just, day. It's one of those things. Like I try not to conform to stuff like that. Oh, it's dude, like, it's so hard. Dude, it's so it's so much more. Instagram makes it way worse. I feel like now because don't you feel like half your Instagram is like your friend stuff, and then the other half is like ads for shit that you want. You're like. Go, yep. <laughs> now they got those. They do have the dots, or yeah, or not the dots. Oh, the, uh, the buttons. So like for like Tide detergent, they'll they'll send you just a button that you can like put in your laundry room, and you're like, I need laundry detergent. You oh, just click God. that Why button, is everything and so it automatically will send what? you. Oh my God! And they uh, have it for almost every product. We live in the world oh of convenience God. right now. South Park. I love it, and I hate. There's some South Park shit right here. They did a whole season on like Amazon shit this season. This season, yeah, twenty so season twenty two. This was one of my funny. I think this is one of the funniest seasons they've ever had in their twenty second season. We talk about South Park hilarious. a lot here. South Park will never go out of style. I've been watching it since fifth grade. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I used, my mom used to ban me from that. Show. I used to sneak into my mom's room. Uh, when they'd be downstairs, ten o'clock Wednesdays, Comedy Central. I turn it down to volume one <laughs> yeah. and I'd listen in and like but what the, the best thing about South Park and probably why the three of us love it so much is the humor has it has grown with us oh for sure oh, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean so it's just like it will it will it won't go mm-hmm. out of style It'll yeah, as long be as there's stuff smart. in the world South Park would never go out of style. Yeah. As oh, long South, as yeah. When the world is failing, South Park is probably always going to be at its best. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I love I'm happy about all the shit that's going on in the world sometimes, just because, oh, man, this is going to be a great South Park season. Trump is almost too easy for comedians anymore. I mean, if you're they a comedian... Told they told him. South Park actually said they're laying off Trump just because, Good. like, literally... They, it's too it, easy. It writes itself. Yeah. That's what they said. I was just gonna say that. It writes itself. Although that like, Fox Trap shit was hilarious on that one episode where they're like, <laughs> so he's like Pennywise, basically. Mr. Garrison had turned into Trump. This was last season. Oh, and, uh, and so and, 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 uh, and Trump is is uh, Pennywise. So it's like it's like a cross between uh, Stranger Things, uh, it, and then the whole Trump scenario on last season. So Trump's hiding out in the woods. And he's really Pennywise the clown, and they're trying to figure out how to trap him. And they're like, "Well, we set up a fox trap in the woods, so we'll see. We'll go to that and see if that happens." And you're thinking it's gonna be like a fox trap, but really, it's like a fake studio with Fox News and a couple Fox News anchors. <laughs> I was fucking cracking oh, up, man. God. Oh man, those guys are brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Fuck them all to death. <laughs> That's five. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's going to be F-bombs. Sorry, Sorry Mom. We're, we're not all like you. Yeah, <laughs> She's uh, not going to listen to money of these anyways. She only listened to the last one because I was in the car with her and my dad wanted to hear it. <laughs> I don't know if I want her to hear some of the content. I definitely don't want my dad to hear some of the stuff, but you know what? It's cool. He'll be all right. And, uh, it's cool. It's cool. While we're on TV still... Um, I just started watching. It's not a new show. It actually came out a couple seasons ago. He's one of my favorite comedic uh, actors, writers out right now. It's on um, True TV, and it's called John Glazer Loves Gear. 
I love John Glazer. John Glazer is fucking <laughs> hilarious. If you're not familiar with John Glazer, um, he is a comedian from, I think he's actually from Michigan. Well, he's from, I think he's from Chicago, but was uh, was raised in Michigan. He actually graduated from U of M. Nice. Okay. Um, and he he's had a couple shows on Cartoon Network, or not Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, one was called Delocated, where it was like a fake reality was show that about Seth him Green being in the like, ski mask. No, that was him in the ski mask. I thought it was Seth Green. No, it was him in the ski mask. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, it's him in the ski mask. <laughs> well, it's like about him being in the witness protection against like the Russian mob, and it's like a reality show based on him in the witness protection program. It was hilarious. And then he did another one that was like Werewolf Joe. That was super funny too, and this is his new show. And it's supposed to be a reality show, but it's scripted, and it's just it's so funny. So it's called John Glazer Loves Gear, and it's literally like that's what it is. Like he goes to different stores, buys this gear, and then goes on like excursions with it. The one I watched is he goes uh, to like an REI type of store and buys all this camping shit and sets off in the woods. And like his wife doesn't want to be on camera, so he hires this like twenty something like, <laughs> like like foreign chick who's smoking hot to play his wife on the show. Dude, and it's hilarious. Did you see Joe Rogan's guests on the podcast? No. Uh, Kanye West. No, he got him? He's gonna get Kanye West. He actually did? Yes. That's happening. That's happening. Oh man. I can't wait for that. It's gonna be either really good or really bad. I don't know. It's going to be exciting either way. It's just going to be either That's really be, good or really bad. That will be the only media outlet that will actually call Kanye on his shit. I guarantee you Joe's going to be like, what? Because Joe, when someone says something that doesn't make sense, instead of just writing it off, Joe will be like, explain yourself. Like, What, what the yeah, fuck yeah. do you mean by that? And, and so sometimes it'll catch people off guard because they're not thinking they have to explain themselves. But do you, do you think yeah, Kanye that, will bite on yeah, something that like that? Yeah, that? that beef with Drake is crazy, man. You ever tried DMT? <laughs> yeah, that, it's gonna get interesting. I'm kind of glad that that's gonna happen. That that could be that's gonna that's gonna get a lot of views. Holy yeah, it shit. is. <laughs> I can't wait for it. So that's really happening though. Yeah, that, that, look it up. That's actually happening. That's dope. If you had social media, you would know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off it this month. That's sweet. Um, wow, I'm excited for that. Speaking of podcasts, uh, <laughs> two of my other well. One of the comedians, Theo Vaughn is like one of my favorite comedians because he's super random and the way his brain works is hilarious to me. But him and uh, Brendan Schaub have a podcast together now called The King and the Sting where they have you like call in and send in your ideas and they either king it or sting it. They either like it or they don't and then they just like, well, the stuff they don't like, they'll just rip on forever. <laughs> it is, those guys together are hilarious. They'll just rip on each Like every episode starts with like 20 minutes of them just ripping on what they're wearing. Like the other one's wearing. So um, that's definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen that one uh, yet, or heard that one yet, I guess I should say. Uh, but yeah, that's the podcast that I, that's the only other new podcast I listen to. Is there anything you guys have been listening to? You know, I've been passing out a lot to uh, The Breakfast Club for some reason. Do you? Yeah, I don't know I don't know like why. Charlemagne, so I'll, I can't do it. Here's a, I love how Charlemagne interviews. I really do. It's very He's a good interviewer because yeah. he kind of has no... Actually, because I... I Kanye's ass too. I didn't like Charlemagne for the longest time, and he grew on me like the past like year or two. But yeah, I, I really like Charlemagne. What's the... Uh, who's the DJ uh, of that? Uh, Envy? Yeah, DJ yeah, Envy. Yeah. Uh, I have actually texted in to the Breakfast Club have and you? gotten my song on his <laughs> nine o'clock, you know, awesome. set. Yeah, uh, I did. Uh, Money ain't a thing. Jay Z and Jermaine Dupri. Nice. And they he 
texted back or you know probably some production assistant but yeah they, they spun it i was obsessed with that song in middle school when oh, it came yeah. out obsessed that was like literally my favorite as jason hodak he used to make fun of me because i would rap it and then he would make fun of how i rapped it <laughs> that's a great song i've never called i don't think i've ever called in on a radio show before or oh, like texted called. in yeah i used to get uh, i have yeah i've uh the drew and mike show back in the day it used to be a, a running gag that i've won I won Willie Nelson tickets on really? 99.5. There's time, like, when I had these long commutes, it was almost kind of like a thing for me to, like, listen, and they'd say, you know, 10th caller, blah, blah, blah. And I would just sit there, you know, beep, 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 yep. beep, 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 <laughs> and you get a ring. So I've I've been on Drew and Mike a few times. I I called into Mojo once out of just boredom and made up a huge elaborate story that it was not true <laughs> at all for some for something that they were doing uh it's just yeah it's i get past screeners and have a interesting story to tell <laughs> do you, yeah see i guess that's probably why i don't do it because i often well now at least I, I almost never listen to the shows live like I, when i listen to drew and mike it's usually the next day on the podcast app like while i'm at work or sometimes i'll save up a few of them and then like knock like a 12-hour shift i'll just listen to like three in a row but um I definitely used to listen to Drew and Mike live, so I, I probably even heard that episode because that was like every day in the work truck, and when I was like nineteen, twenty. Yeah, was I remember I did. Rest in peace, Mike Clark, man. I did a yeah. radio contest for Channel Nine Five Five one like a couple years ago, and I actually called in. It was like it was like a musical chairs thing that was going on. They did, mm-hmm. and it was like. 200 people like and doing musical chairs i forgot what the prize was it was tickets to some concert i forgot i think it was like it was some rap show oh you know what it was it was a jay-z concert i think i, w- I want to say it was jay-z but i'm not don't quote me on that it was like a big hip-hop artist anyway so out of the 200 people i'm proud to say i made it to the top 10 Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then some bitch kicked me out of my seat. <laughs> like she literally like just just tackled me out the seat. I was like about to sit down and I just got like blindsided, like just by it. I'm like, oh God. I'm like it was like Lawrence Taylor in female form coming at me, dude. Like, yeah. LT. <laughs> those those radio contests uh, there's very few things in this world I want enough to, you know, touch a car for like a right. week. Or yeah. but I did uh, I won Red Wings tickets on Drew and Mike uh, when they were doing the ESPN radio stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was I was pretty pumped. And so you have to go to the radio station to pick these things up. They give you like a W nine because they got to you write it off. Right. Um, and I was I was I didn't really look too clearly at the tickets. I just had them in this envelope, and my wife and I went. And you know, I'm kind of looking at the sections and kind of I keep doing circles, and I just keep going higher and higher and higher. And these things were literally. <laughs> North and south of the rink, <laughs> and they were probably three rows from the top. I'm like, For well, sure what media were. company owns this thing? Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to be in a suite. I thought, you know, it was, but yeah. But hey, free tickets. It was a good night. You ever see that episode of Curb where uh, the dude from NBC or whatever is pitching um, the Seinfeld reunion show to Larry? And so he gives him like uh, Lakers tickets or whatever. And him and Jeff go to the game together, and they're like way the f- they're like way in the nosebleeds. And I think Larry had brought like I think he had like I don't know if he was just on his phone and saw or if he saw it on the jumbo scan, but he saw like the president of NBC was sitting with David Spade courtside, and he's like that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I have a correction by the way from well, Brother Ellsley. It was Dalton that hit me up that day okay. for the drummer. Okay, that's who it was in Chicago. I remember now. So yeah, sorry about that, but I corrected that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So the curb your enthusiasm that that was uh, I think that was like four or five years ago. But um, man, 
It's gonna be weird. I wonder what they'll do with uh, Funkhauser for next season. Just write them off. Somehow. Are they doing the next season? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're right. They're. I saw footage of uh, Leon and Larry walking down the street with cameras behind them and shit. Oh they'll, shit. Okay. They'll probably do a, uh, a a very funny send off uh, and. Kind of, kind of going back a little bit to the Netflix stuff. The I would also suggest, uh, I think it's called a stupid and futile gesture. Never and heard it's of about it. it's about the um, story of National Lampoons. Oh, oh I've seen it. And it's, yeah, I've and seen it's that. got the narration of their founder who uh, died mysteriously in Hawaii uh, in like 1980. But it's kind of an interesting concept. They narrate. It, it's narrated by him as if he didn't die. Mm-hmm. The guy from um, uh, what's his name, Last Man on Earth, is like the had like the I got talking to your Mikey right? man. The guy from <laughs> that I forgot what show it was. He was in the Last Man on Earth. He played MacGruber. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Will Forte. Will Forte. Yeah. yeah Will yeah. Forte is uh, like the, he playing the main guy from National Lampoon. I love that dude. Yeah. He's funny. I remember I saw that. It's another. It's an. It's kind of an inspir- inspiring kind of. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, documentary or whatever you want, kind of want to call it. Um, I I likened it almost to the uh, the Defiant Ones with uh, I love the Defiant Ones. That was so good. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. It's yeah. the same thing where these guys are just like, and and but you realize they only speak in bits. They uh-huh. don't like the whole movie is just one big joke. Every line is a joke. Um, but it still kind of had that inspiring effect. Where when I got done watching it, I was like, oh man, I'm. I, I got to start this thing, dude. I've been it. all about that kind of yeah. stuff lately, man. And I've been ta- I've been all about like uh, so. I watched like um, I forget what the, where the speech was from, but it was like some like motivational speech by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like so jacked afterward. I'm like, yes, I got, I'm into this shit. He was like talking about time management, basically. It was like the gist of the whole thing, and and he's like, there's 24 hours a day. I don't want to hear you. Don't have time to go to the gym. You don't have time to do this. You don't have time to do that. Yes, you do. You're just making excuses up and like. He, like the way he presented it, I was like, "Yeah, Arnold, this is the yeah. shit." <laughs> yeah, I'll check out. I check out that National Lampoon. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it's that. The same effect. Really. Yeah, I'm gonna do this on my own, and let's let's get it going. So, you know what else? Like, I was I forget what show I heard this on. They were talking about the importance of speaking things into existence. Mm-hmm. That the, yeah, you say it, put the energy out thing. there, that it'll be easier for you to come. So, I'm gonna do that right now for 2019. This fucking podcast is gonna blow up. I'm just putting that out there. You guys, anything you want to put out there? I well, the one thing we that kind of helped Midwestern gentlemen along was uh, when we kind of revamped it in 2016. It was you, you do you can speak it, you can say like, all right, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but our whole thing was like we pinpointed dates of stuff. So uh, in 2016, we're like, all right, we need to do something um, that is beyond just kind of writing, and we we circled the Lumberjack World Championships in Northern Wisconsin. We're like, we're going to go to that. And that was it. It was like, we're going to go there. Uh, So we took action of reaching out. We got press passes to the Lumberjack World Show. The stuff that was on ESPN back Mm -hmm. in like the 90s. Same same venue, same everything. We heard back. They were like, yeah, that's great. Uh, So they sent us press passes, everything we need. It was all access. And the the people we met the um the stories that came out of it the the new fans we got the new readership the uh the connection to kind of being able to kind of step out there and 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 pull stories out of people was the catalyst to like okay all right what's next like you get done with that and you're like all right next we're gonna go here or we'll just go to marquette like we'll circle a date we're, we're gonna go to marquette and the people we meet 
the 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 you can really do it in the Midwest because everybody's just like, oh, hey there, friend. Yeah, like, come on. Sure. In. Like, it's, it's kind of a it's a unique kind of uh, pot to be playing in. But um, yeah, I think there's there's speaking it to an existence, but there's also just just establishing and just planning a little bit where it's like we're gonna we're gonna circle this day, we're gonna do this, um, and you don't need to plan too much. We just knew that we were gonna. I took the days off work. I knew I was going to drive to Milwaukee to pick up Neil, and I knew we were going to drive up to Hayward. That is all we had. We had a campsite and press passes. When you contacted them about the press passes, what what did you tell them that your uh, your goal of going to that weekend was, or how did you go about getting them? I guess like what did you tell them you were going to do? Yeah, we uh, so we uh, we kind of have and Neil, uh, you know my. One of my partners on this. The other is, I have failed to mention, Adam Powers. Yeah, you know? oh, I know Adam Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just play football with him. Actually. So uh, yeah. he joined up He joined up with us late last year. Uh, um, and he's a sales guy, too. And Neil is one of those guys that, you know, you meet him and you're instantly friends. I mean, he's just, he's that kind of personality. Yeah. Um, so... But when we when we reach out to these people, it's just being genuine. Just You're just telling them what you're doing. Hey, you know, we... Uh, we want the opportunity to come out there and, and learn more about these athletes, the stories. If you can get down to the story level, and it goes back to not being a chamber of commerce. We don't want to go out there to talk about the Lumberjack World Championships. You know, we met the um, the log rolling, you know, world champion, which led to, you know, we walked in. He was just there, and we actually walked by him, not wanting to bother him because we're like, this is a national championship competition. He's probably getting ready. I was like, no, we can't do that. We're here to like talk to these people. So we stepped back. We introduced ourselves. He was super inviting. We saw him afterwards, met his mom, who ended up being her. The Sheer family runs the Lumberjack uh, kind of traveling shows. She was like a, a world champion. We get in a good conversation. They invite us back to their bunkhouse. She's like, you guys should stay in our bunkhouse. They own 2,000 acres on a lake, and it is an old vintage hunting camp. Oh. They had like you, four you, cabins. How many acres did you say? 2,000. What? They basically owned <laughs> half of a lake. I was going to say, like, that's yeah, enormous. It was, they had a big house on one side, and they had said. this hunting camp. <laughs> <laughs> so they, and they, they invited us in. Uh, they gave us a boat. They gave us access to the lake. They gave us, uh, they had a fully stocked kitchen and bar wow, on, this, on this vintage hunting camp camp that they haven't touched but has been meticulously maintained since the 30s wow. and it's all because we just said hayward wisconsin july 23rd we're going dude e-man yeah. that that makes me think that we need to reach out to electric force and see if we can't get something going right. i guarantee you can. it's stuff like that or you know with a podcast when you have a medium mm-hmm. you know when you have when you're genuinely interested in an artist or when you're genuinely interested in what electric force is doing or any of these festivals mm-hmm that that first reach out of of just hey this is who we are we just want to do it 99 they're, they're gonna say yes they're gonna engage two years ago i remember i did uh dally in the alley actually i got i got press passes over well you know dally is free to get in but i wish you got that backstage entrance and stuff like that when you get to talk to the artists and stuff i think like it'd be really cool for you and i to do that this uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your point. Oh no, that's that's pretty much was it. Okay. It was just like when it, you, like he actually is right. Like if you just reach out to a lot of these festivals and stuff like that, they like a lot more like reluctant to actually go if you're like more genuine with it. You're not trying to sound like you know 
kind of overpowering like yeah we did this we did this we did that like hey man we're just kind of going out you know meet the artists and everything like that and that's kind of how i mean that's kind of how you're right like just that the net networking like that personal element to it mm-hmm. they can see you're genuine even you know if you just phone call or an email or whatever then you know they're more reluctant to be like yeah man yeah come out we'll send you some press passes mm-hmm. another one was actually earlier this or uh last year uh shout out to uh, uh, the social connection, which is like an like an event planner in Detroit. I think I've heard of that. Oh, uh, you know what? I think I had the app. Is yeah. There an app for that? Yep. I think I had that. I actually hit them up a while back when I was doing the EDM show at uh, Tangent. I hit them up like, hey, uh, I was looking for you know help promoting this. You know, I'll pay whatever you want for that. But they honestly said like, you know what? We like your idea. We like the concept of beats and brews. It's just that we have a bunch of other like beer tastings and stuff like that going on, so we can't do anything for you this year. But we're gonna keep you in mind next year. So I do have that connection when you know when I start doing events and stuff again next, uh, this year so I can hit them up and they actually end up sending me a uh, bunch of tickets to like their event so nice. So I still get hit up about that like a bunch of free tickets and everything like that yeah I think that'd that be a cool thing for our year to do live events weekend I was in New Orleans though so I couldn't go so I just passed it to you know Ron's uh, fiance or mm. wife now Jill so yeah. I just passed it to her and her friends that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I think I think that'd be cool if we just started doing more like uh, live events and stuff right. um, and even like because Thinking about the fact that I have my own uh, interface and microphone right over here, like if we were able to do it at Electric Forest, we could go around just getting, you know, you could record little interview bits and then put it together as a nice little show when you get back. I mean, my goal is for 2019. Give me some good ideas today, boys. And, <laughs> and you don't know, like Neil knows, I have my hand in so many different yeah, fucking does. things yeah. at once. He man. may quit his job job for this shit. He's <laughs> Not, got so many things going so on. So it's just, so in addition to the podcast, you know, I do my own music as well. Like I, run, I do I do hip hop and everything like that. And I work with live bands and I do a bunch of stuff with there. January 19th, Ziggy's, you can see Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. plug that. January 19th, I will be at Ziggy's for my official release party. I didn't get a chance to really do one on that time just because I was in I was in uh, Denver then I went to Asheville North Carolina for Beats and Brews actually I did some interviews with some breweries out there so that's one thing with the music like my goal is I'm actually working on the next album probably starting next month we're gonna work with Nick Smalls actually yeah, yeah. and a couple other people like I have Dilo back for that and then my boy Ian Griffin like you know who's been with me beginning of this journey from you know, from my music so we're gonna start doing that again and then you know I have I'll have the live band aspect and I'll have that so my big thing for music is I'm gonna start I wanna start Doing, I want to do a mini tour this year, really bad. That'd like, be great. Really bad. Yeah. Like it's, it's time. It's time to actually like leave the state and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. Especially with the album I had, man. Yeah. Be careful. Be safe. It's like, great. I, I'm still proud of that. Yeah. You so, should yeah. be. Uh, that's one. And then you know, as I you know, I started brewing as well. So in the White Russian Mano beer, after my song White Russian Mano is, uh, it will come out probably next two weeks. It's carbonating right now. I can't now. even try it till February. It's bullshit. Yeah, I'll save you. <laughs> yeah, I'll save, save you some. I'll save you. Know, as soon as it's done, I got you on some too. It's car. I tasted it just before the carbonation. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so sweet <laughs> and smooth. I'm, I'm really happy how it came out. Is it so. still like 10.5% or whatever? Oh, it's going to be 10.5%. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. For sure. Yeah, so it, it'll knock you on your ass for sure. But yeah, I'm really happy how that going out. So my thing is I actually really want to start brewing more and eventually I want to set up a tasting event. I I really do want to set up a tasting for that, and we could maybe do a live podcast or something like that. That'd be awesome. So I might talk to a couple like places I know because I have a lot of connections to different venues out here. Just by you know, just by music alone, I have a mm-hmm. lot of connections. And then I know a friend of mine owns a brewery now, so can work that out. So I really want to get the beer tasting down. I want to do music, and then obviously for the podcast, 
we gotta start doing a little bit more stuff. Yeah, like I want to get some stickers day. made up. I want to yeah. get a, like at least a hoodie for you and I just to advertise a little bit. And um, I don't know if anyone would like to purchase one, that'd be great. But start oh, off yeah. at least one Shout for me and you uh, and the mad stickers. We're so working slap on them all that. Over Shout the city. out to uh, <laughs> Designs at uh, Ip City. We're gonna we're actually hitting that up probably this week. So I gotta talk to him about that. And I gotta talk to him about beer labels too. So I'm working on that. Nice. Yeah, yeah dude, Andy. I actually drew some inspiration from you, my friend, because I went to the website the other day and I hadn't been on it in a while. And to go from the idea that you had that you told me about 10 years ago to where it's at now was fucking mind-blowing to me, really, because like, I was clicking on, I went through like some of the interviews, and I was like, I know a lot of these artists that he's interviewing on here. Like These are like some decent names and shit. Like, Andy's doing it, man, and you got a team built around you now. Well, it's, it, it really comes down to that. It's literally that first step, man. And, and, and music, the artists that you see have, have been... Uh, They've, they're accommodating. Like if, if you're gonna offer to to promote to to help them, they will help you. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And if you come again, you got to be genuine with it. You have to be um, original uh, to a certain extent with it. But that was the catalyst when I, I re- there was a major artist out of Minnesota, uh, Charlie Parr, who um, he's kind of he's a folk uh, blues kind of one man band, resonator guitar, mm-hmm. kind of you know bouncing the foot. Oh, um, okay. I've seen he, some people like that. Maybe you, you, you maybe may it could have, have been him. <laughs> yeah, and, and he. Uh, so I reached out on his website. Uh, it was kind of a generic email, right? You know, just kind of like I would love to do an interview with you. And was, this is the first guy that I like reached out to. Like two days later, it was a generic email, but it really is him who is manning this. Um, and he was just like, "Yeah, whatever you want to do." So. I called Charlie. He gave me his phone number. I called Charlie Parr. I I do this. I don't have any equipment, so I'm like. I've got like my wife's phone or something while I'm like yeah. recording the phone call, um, trying to act like I'm on NPR or something, you know, like trying to be trying to be professional. I write this thing up, he shares it, and then I get inundated with Minnesota bands that want that are sending me CDs. I mean, it was just the floodgates open, and I still there's kind of this running joke now. Now Charlie and I, when he comes through town or I catch him at random areas or I have friends that. We'll see him in Seattle and be like, oh, you know, I saw you at Midwestern Gentleman and all that. So, like, now he, you know, it's his running thing when I see him. It's kind of like, Charlie, hey, I'm here. And he's like, oh, man, it's good to see you again. I had, like, a, an hour-long conversation with him about family, fishing pike, his living situation in northern Minnesota. He travels all around the world at in Hamtramck at a record shop. <laughs> You know, he was doing this Man. show for like 20 people and I got there like two hours way too early because I, I don't <laughs> hang out that late anymore. <laughs> and it was, and I was like, I could record this, but I'm not. And that, like, I didn't talk about it. It's just a story that I have and mm-hmm. I, I never put it out there. Um, but he's going to be at that, that Blue Ox Music Festival and, nice. you know, we have a bunch of ideas for that. So it really is, man. If you, if you just got to reach out, you know, some people won't get back to you. Some people say No. But a majority will say yes, and right. that's that's just the biggest step, especially when you have a medium like a podcast or a website. You know, you just got to you just do it. Yeah, I actually did that recently. Um, so we did our album um, review episode last week, and I reached out on Instagram. I just sent a direct link to that episode to the people that made my top twenty list, and I haven't heard back from a lot of them yet. But one of the one of the jazz cats that I listen to a lot, his name is Marcus Strickland reached out or he got back to me and was like hey dude he's like i'll check out the podcast today man appreciate you putting me on there (laughs) i was like sweet dude that's awesome and i've had a couple other people respond back to me um not in this previous one but uh like ashley sorrell from 
like that's on Royce's label now. She's been oh, yeah. real cordial. With Studios, me. yeah. She's Illingsworth dope. has been. I've had a back and forth with him. Nick Speed. Um, Dude, a lot of cool Detroit Nick people. Speed liked a bunch of my shit the other day. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's uh, tight. Uh, when you tagged me in that post, mm-hmm. yeah, he like went through my page and the Beats and Brews page. So shout out to Nick Speed. Fuck we yeah, get you on here. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna come check out one of your shows, dude. At, uh, <laughs> the Deluxe. Flight. Now that you're playing there, that place is really cool. Yeah. I like the like the whole concept of that, like the black lights and all the comic book strips and shit on the walls. That's a pretty cool place. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to do that. And um, I think that's that's my vision where I would love this podcast to go to be like kind of like. The it stop in place for up and coming um, Michigan people to come like this like oh I want to I got if I'm gonna make right. it I got to be on that show you know I want to come on the podcast it's like you know? a rite of passage it's kind of yeah. like how Bullfrog is in Detroit or, or how like was now or how R- stretching Bobito or in New York Bullfrog. I just got to throw that out there the Bullfrog closed his doors uh, the other day oh really yeah oh, that I, sucks I played that sh- I played that show like when well, I show I played that venue. God knows how many times like, coming up. <laughs> like when I first started out doing hip hop, like I, that was like the starting place to go, like for like the Detroit hip hop scene. Then I moved out here and started, you know, doing more stuff in Ipsy and Arbor. But that's kind of where that's kind of one of the first venues that really gave me my start. So that's sweet. You know, it's kind of bittersweet to see it close, man. It actually, it sucks to see it close. Yeah, but yeah. yeah Stretch and Bobito were kind of that way. Like kind of what I was just talking about. What I want from a podcast um, with the New York scene, like. They started like a college radio station. They have a sweet documentary on them on Netflix. Um, it's called Stretch and Bobito, a radio that changed lives. And they literally started a college radio station. And like from the way they described it on the, on the documentary, you'd have to get the dial just right to get the, the station in because, you know, <laughs> it was like a real piece of shit. But it became this place where the biggest, the people that went on to be the biggest hip-hop artists in the world came, wanted to come through to uh, freestyle or premiere their music on. Jay-Z was on there, got his start on there. Biggie was on there for his first time. Like, at, the Wu-Tang Clan, like, the Wu-Tang Clan came up in there with nine people, unexpected, didn't tell Stretch and Bob they were coming, and they were trying to deal with, like, the station and the program director letting these, like, nine super street dudes, they were, like, banging on the door trying to get in and stuff, so I thought that was hilarious. Well, I'd say, I'd say too, the other the other thing is, uh, is you know, just keep going. And, yeah. And that, that's, I think that's the, the one thing, and, and probably, too, as an independent artist, it's that same thing, is, like, the you know, the feedback isn't always coming in. You know, and so, you know, Midwestern Gentleman, where it is now, is what eight years in the making. Right. So, as long as it's out of love and it and you enjoy doing it, if you just keep going, it's a it it's a snowball effect. You'll get to that top, and then at a certain point, that snowball heads downhill, and it just gets bigger and bigger and yep. bigger. And That's bigger. what I'm thinking. Like everything is all about like persistence for Tenacity. a way. Like it exactly. You got to you know like that tenacity to like overcome things like stuff like that like if you lose the passion for it it's not gonna come and one thing i learned like too just on this journey i'm doing right now is just that the more time and effort you put into your craft and this the fact that you do it out of pure love you know more you're gonna enjoy it the more you're gonna want to do it and then like you said it's just gonna catch on it's gonna catch fire eventually yeah yep so it all starts with like a little like a little ember, if you will, and it goes into a big wildfire and it spreads. So yeah. That was a dope metaphor, by the way, off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dope metaphor. All right, but yeah, we uh we should probably wrap it up here. Yeah, getting a little bit long, but um I wanna thank you, Andy, for coming on the show, dude. You are welcome back whenever you'd like. Oh man, I'd I'd love to. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, I've, my friend. I've been, uh, I've been listening to it, man. You guys got something good going here, so I'm excited I appreciate to see where, that, man. where 2019 brings you. 
Nice, man. I appreciate that. And yeah, uh, I know we're small right now, but if there's anything we can ever do to help out Midwestern gentlemen, let us know for sure, man. We're, we we love collaborating with our friends, picking I mean, up just, our friends. Not just and, the podcast. You know, I do interviews and stuff yep. like that, too, with Beats and Brews. And then, you know, I got a bunch of other stuff I, like I'm traveling with. So, yeah. Yeah, well, same goes to you. I mean, I'm, I'm going to write about this. We're going to post this. I'll, I'll continue to, to, to share this every week. Um, and yeah, so... I look forward to what you guys got in store. I'm I'm happy to be a part of it any way I can. Appreciate right. that, man. And uh, in closing, I guess since I went uh, started with a Detroit artist, I might as well end with a Detroit artist. Here's a little bit of Sly and the Family Stone, if you want me to stay. All right. That will be Beats, Bruce, and Points of View, episode 19. Peace. fun.